Kiddushin Daf Kof Gimel Amud Aleph and Amud Bet. More than we deserve, Eved Mahushia Se Shliach. On Shabbos in the Medrashu, we took quite a deep dive into the idea of gratitude as an empowerer of miraculous things. What one can do with the, with the power of gratitude in Tefillah and in other areas. And here too, we touch on the area of gratitude. I find whenever a theme comes over and over again at me, like Shabbos, it's in the Medrash, and here it's in the Gemara, I know that it's something I have to pay attention to. It's a, there's, a, there's a reason why these things happen. So I, I took a lot of interest in the uh, whole concept of gratitude and the fact that we sometimes give gratitude to the agent instead of to the cause. If an agent does something good to us, you don't have to be grateful to the agent. The agent's just doing their job. It's where does it originate from? Where does it really come from? If your bank or your stockbroker delivers dividends to you from a company you're invested in, you don't thank your, your bank. You, you thank the people who are working in the company in which you're invested, that they produced a profit. And so it is with, with, often with the Ribonishim. We don't thank the Ribonishim. We thank the agents that he uses to, to give us what we get. So this idea of the difference between agency and principled benefit that we get from, from a person as a principal, not as an agent, is important in understanding an idea that comes many times in Shas, and that is the difference between Zechiah and Shlichut. Let's understand it, and we'll use that as one approach into this piece of Gemara. It's one of these pieces of Gemara that just is multi-layered. As you begin to open it up, it just keeps going. But we'll just take one aspect of it. The difference between Zechia, what is Zechia? Zechia means I can benefit you. Of course, one can benefit another person. The important thing about Zechia is I can benefit you even if you don't know about it. Not only can I benefit you even if you don't know about it, but according to certain Rishonim, the Ran brings Rishonim, certain Rishonim in our Sugiya, I can benefit you even if you, dis- you don't want me to benefit you. So I can put money into your bank account. I don't have to ask your permission. Uh, you can be Mazaki, you can give somebody something, you can do something for somebody, you don't need their permission to do that. But if there is a, a negative aspect of what you're doing, then you can't do it. If I'm, I'm putting money in your bank account, because of that you go into a different tax bracket, which is going to affect the, the taxes you pay, that I can't do without your permission. But if it's just a zechut, if it's just a benefit, I can do that without your permission. And the idea is that I'm not, in that case, I'm not acting as your shaliach. This is a, a subtle halachic point that is important to understand. I'm not acting as your agent. I'm doing it of my own. I'm just putting money in your bank account. You didn't ask me to. I'm not doing it on your behalf. There's a difference between doing something for you and doing something on your behalf. If you say to me, can you put $100 into my bank account, please? I'll pay you back or whatever. And now I'm doing it under your direction. There I'm an agent. It's not Zachin Ladam Shalobafanov, there I'm a Shiliach. You appointed me a Shiliach to do that. And we'll understand the, the Gemara. The Gemara questions, Rabbi asks uh, on the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar comes up with an interesting idea and he says that an Evid Knani, you can't give a Canaanite slave a get ptur, a document of freedom. Because the din with the document is the same. We learn this from a get of an isha, of a divorce document. To make it effective, the husband has to put the document out of his territory into her territory. You can't give her a document, deliver it to her and say, come and fetch it from my house. She's not divorced until she takes the document into her own territory. That's a din with gitin. So Rabbi Shimon ben Yerlazah says, we learn the same for a, a get shichrur. 
when you give a slave a get, how are you going to give it to him? Says Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. If I give it to the slave, even if I put it into the hand, the slave is an extension of me. That means it never leaves my property. How can it ever be? If I put it in the slave's house, the slave's house is my house. The slave owns nothing. I own everything of the slave. So how do you, technically, how do you ever give a slave a, a get shikhrur? Explains Rabbi Lozabin, yeah, you have to do it through somebody else. You have to get a third party and say, will you accept this document, this get, on behalf of my slave? And that way, when you accept the document, it's leaving my territory, and you're accepting it on behalf of the slave. What the Gemara questions is, is it on behalf of the slave or for the slave? Is this zechut? Is this because of zechiyah or because of shlichut? And there are differences. When Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says you need a third party, is that third party a shaliach of the slave? Or is he just, he does it for the slave without being a, a messenger, without being an agent? And the issue is, can a slave appoint a shaliach? Because the slave can't receive the get himself. We've just established because it's technically impossible. And can you appoint a shaliach to do something that you can't do yourself? In fact, the Gemara brings the, the din of, of Rav Hunu Bred Rav Yeshua. We've had it before. Rav Hunu Bred Rav Yeshua says, You must say the Kohanim who serve in the Beis HaMikdash are doing so as agents of Hashem, not as agents of the person bringing the Korban. Because if the Kohen who brings my sacrifice is my messenger, I'm not allowed to bring the sacrifice myself. So how can he be my agent? I'm, you can't have an agent to do something that you can't do. That's a din of agency. You can only appoint a shaliach to do something that you have the power to do yourself. And then the agent is as if I'm doing it myself. If a man says to a shaliach, to an agent, go and give this divorce document to my wife, he can take the divorce document and hand it over to the wife of the sender, and it's as if the person sending it did it himself. That's the nature of agency. But you can only do that if you, if you have the power yourself. You can delegate that power to an agent. But if you don't have the power, you can't. Now, we've just learned that an, a slave can't receive the document because it's not his territory. If he's unable to receive the document, albeit for a technical reason, how can he appoint an agent to receive it on his behalf? And Rabbi, Rabbi Shim ben Elazo said, that's the way to do it. You've got to have a third party accept it. So the Gemara wants to say, clearly that person is not doing it as an agent. He's doing it as a mezake, as somebody who's, uh, I'm, doing, I'm benefiting the slave since we hold, according to the Rabbonin, that it, it's good for a slave to be, it's, it is to his advantage to be freed, which is not something that everybody agrees with, by the way, not for now. But according to the halacha, that it's, a, it's a, of benefit to the slave to be freed, this third party accepts the get not on behalf of the slave, but for the slave. I'm doing this as a favor to the slave. He can't appoint me as an agent, and he doesn't have to appoint me as an agent because I'm doing something to his advantage. Or do we say, no, the same as a woman can appoint a shaliach le kabbalah, a woman can appoint an agent to receive her get. So since the get of a, of a slave and get of a woman have certain similarities, so here too the, the slave can receive the, can appoint a shaliach to receive the get. That's what, what Rabbi is questioning in the whole halach of, of Rabbi Shimon ben Alazo. The Ramban says from here you see that 
מכאן יש לך ללמוד שמה שזקין לאדם שלא בפניו אינו מטעם שליחות. Here you see the difference that you want to separate these two ideas out. That if you're מזכה a person, if I'm doing something that is of benefit to you, I'm not acting as your agent. It's coming from me. And, that, and it works because you're allowed to do something of benefit to somebody else, even if they haven't appointed you an agent, even if they don't agree, and according to some, even if they don't want you to do it, you can still do it. And shlichus is different. Shlichut, you have to appoint me. Unless you appoint me to do something which you yourself could have done, but you're asking me to do it, then I'm not a shaliach. So that's the difference between shlichut and zakhir. And the Ramban says we see from here that it isn't... Uh, There's a difference between Zechia and Shlichut. For those of you learning the Gemara in, in detail, Tosfus brings two perushim of the Gemara, and I believe that the difference between the first and the second perush is whether Zechia comes into the picture. According to the first perush in Tosfus, Tosfus is explaining it the way we've just explained it. Rabbi is asking, is the third party who accepts the get on behalf of the slave, accepts this, this document of freedom on behalf of the slave, is he acting as an agent or is he acting as a mezake, as somebody who can do it of his own will, I'm doing a favor for the slave. And then according to the second parish in Tosfus, the issue is, is he acting as a shliach or is this a gzeresakatuv that even though the, 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 he's not a shliach and the, and the slave can't appoint a shliach, the Torah says that, that it works, that a third party is allowed to accept the, the get, not because of zechia, but because it's a gzeresakatuv. The difference between a gzeresakatuv and zechia is If I say the reason that the third party can accept the document on behalf of the slave, if I say the reason is zechia, I'm doing a favor for the slave, what happens if the slave is standing and saying, I don't want to go free, I, I, I'm happy where I am, leave me alone, I don't want to go free. Now it's not a zechia. So most Rishonim hold in that case, that wouldn't work. But according to Tosfus' second parish, it would work because it's a That's the way you, you let a slave go. You give a document to a third party. The third party accepts it. It's not shlichut. It's not zechir. It's a gzerat and that's how it works. That's just a way to understand the two parishim in, in Tosfus. But the run brings a view that with zechir, even if he disagrees, There's a view not like that second view in Tosfat, that even if the person is saying, I don't want you to do this for me, leave me alone, I'm happy where I am, it still works as a, in that way. I've brought a, a, an amazing Chidush HaRashbo on the second page of the source sheet from Gemara Brochus Tav Zayin, where the Rashbo talks about the fact of why the Gemara says there that people didn't really know how to thank Hashem until Leah innovated. Thanksgiving to Hashem. What's that going to do with Leah? The Rashbo explains that the, the mothers understood that Yaakov was going to have 12 children, which means three for each mother. So when Leah had her first three children, she gave them names, whatever she did, and the Torah describes why she gave them those particular names. When it came to Yehuda, she didn't give it a name other than to say, I'm this time, I'm thanking Hashem. Why are you thanking Hashem for the fourth child? Because I was, I was to have had three. Fourth is more than I was supposed to have. This has gone beyond. But this is where Hoidor comes. So we understand, we get an understanding, explains the Rashbo, that you, you don't thank for something which is due to you. Hashem has already decided. Each, each of the wives are going to get three children. I get three children. That's, nature is playing out. The world is playing out. That's no big Hoda'ah. But when it goes beyond that, when I have more than I expect to have, that's a case for tremendous Hoda'ah. 
The Chovis Halvovis in the beginning of Shara Kniya talks about how we, one has to be very meticulous about realizing that all the good things happened. We'll have a chance to speak about it during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That all the good things that happen to a person, you've got to question, are these like the three or is this like the fourth? Are these things I deserve? Or has Hashem done for me much more than I deserve? And what kind of hoda'ah, what kind of gratitude do we need to show to Hashem in that particular case? And the Rashbor brings a Breshis Rabbah, Medrash Rabbah, where it talks about a Kohen who goes to get his Maisa, he goes to get his Truma, and he gets a fortune of Truma from, from an individual. And then he goes to another individual who doesn't owe him Truma. The other individual just gives him a gift, a small gift. And he's so grateful, and he's so grateful. The first guy comes and says, I gave you a ton of produce, and you didn't even say thank you. That guy over there gave you a little, uh, a bottle full of produce, and you're so grateful. So he answers, you had to give me the truma. It was my truma. It's not yours. You weren't entitled to keep it. That person did it of his own accord. That's the difference between zchia and shlichut. You, when you gave me my truma, you were just a shaliach of Hashem. Hashem gave me the truma. I'm a kohen. I'm entitled to truma. You're just the shaliach. You're just the agent. I don't have to thank you for the truma. I thank Hashem for the truma. But this person was mezakemi. This other person gave me something he didn't have to give me. He wasn't acting as Hashem shliach. He wasn't acting as my shliach. What he gave me, even though it was small in quantity, came from heart. It came from within him. It was initiated by him. When somebody gives you what, you, what you've earned, you don't have to sh sh show much gratitude. An employer gives you your salary that you've contracted for, you've done your work, you've worked hard. Every month you don't have to go to your employer and say, thank you for paying me. It's yours. But if at the end of the year the employer gives you a bonus way, way above what you earned and says the company did well and I want you to share in the well-being and welfare and prosperity of the company, there you owe a massive hakarat atov. There you owe gratitude. That's something that comes from the heart. It's not something that's a zechiyah. One was given the zechiyah. So understanding the difference between zechiyah and shlichut is going to be an important principle in this piece of Gemara, if you work through it, and in many other parts of Shas, and we'll reference it. But in addition to that, the idea of zechiyah and shlichut is an important ethical principle that we have to clarify in our minds. When something is shlichut, you don't thank the shliach, you thank the, the person who initiates it. But when something is zechiyah, when somebody of their own accord does something for you that you didn't even ask them for, that you're not necessarily entitled to, that you haven't earned, doesn't matter how small it is. If it comes from the heart of the other person and it's their own initiation, that's something for, we owe, for which we owe a great hakarat atov, something for which we owe a great deal of gratitude. Mm -hmm.